When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good morning, everybody. Happy synthetic Friday, uh, Thursday, uh, whatever, whatever. Today's Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everyone. We got a great show today. We're talking retail. We're talking growth versus value again. <laughs> We're going to talk Forex. We don't talk enough Forex on this show. I'm excited today to talk about Forex. So let's get the show on the road and get to it. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning once again. Let's bring on Joel Conan and, and uh, good morning everyone. Good morning also to the to the gentlemen outside washing our office windows right now at this early hour. Joel, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah. I got the uh the pre-Thanksgiving 5:30 swim in today. So Ooh. I'm fired up and Look, ready to go. Looking great. Feel feeling great. Uh and and we'll bring on yeah, what I what is that? I, I saw that shirt. I, I was gonna say something and here let, let's let's full screen you. Yes. What what is that? Okay. Uh is this is in uh commemoration of my single worst athletic performance in my entire life. Believe it or not. Uh, Did the turkey trot. You know, we do the Thanksgiving parade and then there's a turkey trot. And what there's a three K and a five K. This is going back to 2000, 2014. And uh, my sister came in with her family and my niece, who I believe was just graduating college. And, you know, I told her I was going to beat her and everything. And I did some training and um, I just I it, it I completely dressed wrong. I wore way too many sweat clothes. You know, it was cold out. It was just not a nice day. So I wore all this heavy stuff and I went out. And I tried to follow her and I tried to keep pace with her and I I couldn't. And then I started to overheat and then I started, I started to walk and then I, I, no, I couldn't because there was nowhere to wear the clothes. And then to make matters worse, people along the route were like smoking pot. Okay. So I'm running, I'm overheating and I identified an area where I could have cheated. 
Like I could have saved. <laughs> he's trying to figure out a cheat. And I'm like, and I'm he's stressed like, out that he's getting wet by the pot smokers. I'm, I'm getting. No, no, they they weren't running in the race. They were just oh, sitting okay. on the side smoking pot, getting ready for the parade. And uh, and I'm overheating. And I saw this one place. I'm like, okay, I know I can't cheat at the turkey trot. Okay, so I get into Kobo. I think it was still Kobo at the time. And not only did I lose to my niece. I lost to my sister. <laughs> my sister's three years older than me. And she had done you. some some training and some running. And my girls, like, they didn't, I think they walked. I don't know what they did. I, I think they walked with my, with my wife or something and the dog. And they're like, Dad, your face is about to explode. It was like, I was so red and hot. So 2014, my worst athletic performance ever. Um Moral of the story is stay in the pool, Joel. Stay in the pool. My niece, I've been talking about, you know, uh, racing her in a 40-yard dash because I still think I got the hops to beat her in 40 yards. Um, But after consultation with my buddy Ira, I'm not going to do it. I'm (laughs) I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to train because, you know what, you blow a hammy, you know, at this age. You're, you know, I, I just don't need to, you know, rip my Achilles or blow a hammy. But uh, anyways, wearing my turkey trot shirt. And right. um, is the turkey trot today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. So you're not going in it this year. No, I will never <laughs> run again. And then the, to make matters worse, like I, I decide to train a little bit. And Lisa's like, well, you should get some new shoes. You know, those are really old Nikes. I'm like, no. So I the first day I trained, I ran around the block. And I basically couldn't walk for three days because the shoes were so bad. My arches were just destroyed. So it started out. Keep it in the pool, Joel. I know. I I kicked some butt in the pool today. There was no one else in there. Um, (laughs) He he was first. I was. I was. (laughs) He was in the pool. He was in the pool. Anyways, uh, we're down. We're down, but not out. Uh, Down 15 handles, 7350. Uh. Weird close, weird day yesterday, but when it all comes out, that closing price, 88.50, turned into be a good level to short overnight. Uh, pre-market low, 67.50, nothing down there. Yesterday's low, 49 even. I just don't think we we have the, the hops to get down there. Crude down 20 cents at 78.30. <laughs> Gold up 3.30 after losing like 100 bucks in a day, two days. Yeah. Silver, that's up just a few pennies, 23.50. Bitcoin is interesting here. Uh, down about a G at fifty six eight ten. I'm going to move this line up here. I thought fifty five k. Yeah, I forgot fifty five k. I Dude. thought that I was wrong. It's like fifty five four. So that's the level breakdown. There, you got another leg lower. Maybe we'll make another formation yeah. at fifty. But if you want to take a poke here. Uh, that's where your risk is, is to like 55.5 and Ethereum's going the same way. Uh, that's down $75 at 43.12.75. Triple D, how you doing? Did you have any fun last night? Did you get any, uh, did you get any good trades off? Any bad trades off? Did you? Well, there's always, there's always a handful of both of them. So obviously discipline, how to manage out of the losers and how to make your winners run is usually the name of the game. So yeah, it was an interesting night. Um, same thing. We're, we're kind of seeing, you know, it's it's definitely high growth out of favor. <sighs> this morning, you're not seeing it as much, but it's been the theme here for the better part of a couple of weeks here now. 
death by a thousand cuts to all the Kathy names. It's kind of what's been happening. We're going to go into a long conversation on this. We can bring it into that right now. Kathy Wood was just on CNBC, still preaching deflation, obviously talking her book because we know her portfolio is positioned for deflation and not inflation. It's why she's underperforming significantly because we're in the highest inflationary environment we've been in, in 35 years. And her position is, is her portfolio is positioned the exact opposite way for deflation. So obviously she's going to come on CNBC and be talking about deflation because if you get rampant inflation, it's not good for any of her stocks. So, you know, and she continues to buy the dip. She bought more Zoom yesterday, obviously, on the dip. <sighs> um, you know, so she's going down with the ship. She's not going to change her strategies. She's talking about a leveraged ETF here now, Spencer, you were saying? Yeah, oh. she didn't say the L word, but she did say an ARC fund. They're testing internally an ARC fund on steroids. What what could that mean if not an ARC fund on leverage? I'm not sure what that could possibly mean if they're not referring to leverage. So, so yeah, she said they're testing that internally. Uh, maybe somebody said she's looking to short stocks. I'm not sure. If well, that's, well, uh... well, so that's what they were at. She was asked about that. And she okay. said, she said, well, not short, not shorting per se, but we're testing an arc, an arc fund with, which on steroids. So I interpret that to mean they're testing an arc fund with leverage, but I guess if you're employing leverage, you can also employ inverse leverage. Right. So, so Yeah. We don't really know, though, but that's what she said. She said they're testing it internally. Um, I guess maybe we'll, it, we'll find out. It's such a good debate. And, you know, we got G-Man in there. Kathy will be right in a few years. She may be right in a few years. If we go and we start to get into this deflationary environment, she absolutely will probably be right. It's a matter of is the inflation sticky or not? It's sticky in the short term, I'll tell you that. Another, you know, just a fun tidbit here. This is coming from the other friend that owns the re- friend of the friend that owns the restaurant. So he sent um over his prices of uh obviously you know his cost we talked about the chicken wings already the chicken wings 45 were 45 dollars a case 12 months ago they're 100 175 dollars a case now his fryer oil was 21 dollars 12 months ago it's 45 dollars now his takeout boxes were 25 dollars 12 months ago they are 95 dollars today yeah his takeout boxes have went from 25 dollars to 95 dollars so, and that's what he's just saying is like, it's very difficult as a small restaurant right now huh. when you are seeing your prices of your inputs double. Did he you can't double why? your prices. Did, did he say did, if he knew why? If he was I'm just go- reading that that the message that he sent to okay. my friend. Because okay. it's friend Where's of a friend. Your- he's not my friend. He's friend of a friend. Okay. Where's the restaurant at? Uh, Indiana. Okay. Indiana? So, yeah, you're not talking like a crazy, like city inflationary spot. You're talking like rural community it's, it's prices prices have gone up everywhere i just don't so, know how you pass well, that on well but you can't he can't and that's what he's just you know and he's arguing he's like he's really struggling and then he's got labor issues because they don't want to work for seven bucks an hour ten bucks an hour you know like or whatever it is the minimum wage there i mean it's difficult so you know this is you know and, and are we at some point in time, is Kathy going to be right and we're going to get deflation? Well, I hope some of those chicken wings that went from $45 to $175 maybe come back down to 140 But if you're arguing that's the deflation you're looking for, you know, like, I, I don't know. So, yes, we hear 6% inflation. And, yes, some of the other food costs haven't gone up dramatically. But General Mills yesterday said January they are raising prices across the board on all of their products. Dollar I mean, tree. this is you, a you major, major. Pardon me? You see what Dollar Tree said? What'd they say? It's going to be the buck and a quarter tree now. 
Yeah, they well, they had talked about that already, obviously, and we knew that. You know, when we talked on the show about that two months ago when they proposed it, so they're officially raising prices there too. Yeah, I mean, they they've got to. That everybody has to. Obviously, we know the shipping issue is a major issue that's you know driving price up. But there's so many else. Wage inflation as well. You know, like the drywallers, like I was saying, you know, that are doing, you know, that are going to be. Or I don't, I don't know who's going to be doing my house, but we're quote they're quitting it out right now. And drywaller prices are up thirty percent. And 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 then you know my builder's asking why, and he's like, because everybody else is going up. So you now have just everybody using COVID as an excuse to raise prices. Even if they don't have to raise prices, they're raising prices just because they can. So now you not only have people who like this restaurant who actually need to raise prices, you have price gouging in other industries that don't need to raise prices because why not? Everybody can use COVID as an excuse. We have an excuse to raise prices. So inflation not going away anytime soon. We know we talked with Jerome Powell Obviously, the Jerome Powell situation, we talked with Jerome Powell, talked the situation where he's back, but we know it's not his primary concern to deal with inflation. His primary concern is to keep the economy going strong. And obviously, you know, inflation has been put on the back burner for a long time. Are they going to start to eventually attack it? They have to eventually, but it's such a slow process. Is it going to be completely out of control by the time we finally get around to raising interest rates a year from now? Maybe. I, so I, I, I think I, a year from now is... I, don't, I think they're talking before that, Dennis. I would, well, no, they're talking tapering first. I, I think they're going to taper, you know, before they actually start raising rates, you'd think. Like, stop the printing press first. Yeah, let's see. You know, there's multiple things that need to be done here, but I would be very surprised if we're raising rates like next, you know, in the first quarter. I think it's towards I think the back. June. I, I think, think they've, I, I think, think it's the, the back plan. end of 2022. I think but, the Dodd plan uh, is June. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at the the CME has this Fed Watch tool, and according to that, uh, come on, computer, five percent chance of a hike in January, twenty five percent chance of a hike in March, forty percent chance of a hike in May. So looking towards more the back half of yeah, 2022, yeah, exactly. a ways from now. So, okay, so let's bring it back to Kathy. Obviously, she's got the opposite opinion. The prices are going to start going down. She's obviously not talking to her local restaurant. She could care less about that. She's technology. You do see deflation. I think she still has the blinders on where she's got all these tech stocks. And we have seen deflation in the tech industry for a long time. It's one of your drivers of deflation, you know, overall. But is that, you know... Can you take that out and expand it over the overall economy? I don't think so. As technology becomes more efficient, sure, you get deflation. Like I've said, you know, think about what we were paying for a computer, a personal computer. When I bought my first one back in 1995, I paid $3,000, you know, and it wasn't even top of the line. A personal computer, you can go out there and get a cheap one now for 300 bucks. So TV, same thing. You know, the plasma TVs are five thousand dollars. Remember awesome. that. I think remember five hundred. You see this in technology, and maybe TVs are bad, but you know, you do see deflation in technology as you know we get more efficient with stuff. But wage inflation is that going to be transitory? Do you think somebody's going to get a 30 percent raise and then lower their prices? Are they ever going to lower their prices? People don't take wage cuts. Not not unless you're really into like serious problems. People will not accept wage cuts. So once wages start going up, that's another issue as well. Will we see eventually some deflation in some industries? Absolutely, Kathy. Are we seeing deflation and that's the primary issue across the board? Blinders on, Kathy. You got the blinders on. You got to look at what's going on around you. Talk to people outside technology and you'll get a better feel for what's happening. 
So what is happening is Kathy has been on the wrong side of this trade for a long time. And that we're basically talking since February, her fund is down over 30%. Now, should it have been up that high? Probably not. So maybe it's just getting to its happy spot. And credit where credit is due. She had an awesome 2020. But if you continue to look at what she holds and what she's doubling down on and tripling down on, it's, you know, an issue as the issue for her would be, are we in fact past the tech top? You know, are we in fact past March 2000? And now we're into this environment where high growth tech just continues to bleed. And that's what we've been seeing for the last few weeks and especially in, in over the last few months is we've seen high growth names continue to bleed. We had a show on this a, um, a th- two weeks ago just talking about the slow bleed out. It's like these stocks aren't crashing. This is the slow bleed out where they continue to go down. I mean, Peloton, $100 two weeks ago, you know, and then it reports and obviously has a big move down, but it's been bleeding ever since. I mean, it's $60, now it's 50 now it's 42 I mean, you look at these stocks and you think, okay, well, it's got to come back eventually. Does it though? Throwing this out to you guys, I've been talking for five minutes on a run-on sentence, which I always do, but throwing it to you. Do we eventually get back to five, six hundred dollars on Zoom? Do we eventually get back to one hundred twenty dollars on Peloton? I, I don't think so. I think those days are past us on those stocks. Just market structure, just just you know, the overhead supply issue is number one, and number two, what happens when you know, and like the Pelotons and the Zooms and stuff, there, there are different traders with different time frames, right? And so they're they're buying this, let's say, you know, 44, 43, 42, 41. They're scaling in a big position. They're not looking to fill the gap at 88, right? They're not they're they're looking they're looking to sell us at 51, 52. So all these the the bag holders are the bag holders, right? Yeah. But the, you're creating the when these go down like the way they're doing this, oh, this looks good. Like you could have easily got faked out in Peloton. Look at you had three or four lows. Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. These are, and these are the most dangerous kind of formations. You have three lows at like 47, 48. Okay. The bottom's in. Then you pop to 54, 94. Uh, this is on the 16th, right? Close at 54, 85. Strong close. You have been down three bucks. Two bucks, a buck and thirty, uh, three bucks and a buck. You get to, you get those head fakes like that. That one green candle. Oh, yep. I missed the bottom, and yep. then boom! And you catch a whole fun. nother group of bag holders. Exactly. You catch a whole new group of bag holders. So we're not talking even about the bag holders at one twenty in Peloton or the one hundred dollars. Now we're talking about the bag holders from six days ago, from forty eight yeah. to fifty four, that bought that ten percent rise, saying we're going back to a hundred. This is it. It's like, oh no, it's not. Again, same story. Sell the rips on the stocks and downtrends is what is working. We're going to say it to you every single day because that is what is working. So like, once I- we stop saying to you. That means that's not working anymore. We move on. This is what this show is all about. It's like telling you the strategies that are currently working. That's what we're trying to focus on. We're more of a teaching show. We're not saying, oh, we like this stock. This stock's the breakout. We're not a stock picking show. We're a teaching show. We're trying to teach traders how to trade. There's lots of stock picking shows out there. The majority of the ones you're going to watch are stock picking shows. Oh, this is the stock that's going to go on. Maybe you want the hot stock tip. But when you want to learn, we're trying to teach you to learn on this show. Dennis, you asked uh, if stocks like Zoom and Peloton could ever get back to all-time highs. 
some of some of these are going to right yes there are there are going to be winners yes i was doing there will be an amazon i I was doing some quick research here and uh i didn't finish doing doing all the math yet but uh let's just ballpark it and say in in the back half of the 1990s let's just ballpark and say there was like 3,000 ipos somewhere in that neck of the woods not exactly but somewhere in that neck of the woods um some of those ended up being amazing right for sure they did Amazon, eBay, PayPal. Yes. Right? yes. Um, those were the winners, and um, a lot of them sucked, frankly. But uh, some of them were were winners. Uh, that's going to be the case here, right? Kathy yes. thinks Kathy thinks she knows who the winners are. Yes. Great. She's saying it in her fun every day. She's buying more Zoom. She's buying. She's you know she loves Peloton. She loves Teladoc. Right? Does she sell? Her? Does she have Peloton still? Does she still buy Peloton? Okay. I don't know if she Fine. does. I don't know. Full disclosure, I don't know. But okay, I don't but, know either. There's, <laughs> there's my point was there's going to be winners. Okay, uh, whether whether you pick them or I pick them or Kathy picks them is anyone's guess. But yes, so some of these companies, some of these stocks that are down 60, 70, 80 percent this year, they will come back. I just don't know who it is. So, some will there and, and spencer you're absolutely correct you know even if we look at the tech bubble and everybody says if i would have just bought tech stocks back in 2001 look where i'd be that would have worked well for the queues would have worked excellent i mean i bought the queues back in 2001 and you know my average cost basis on the queues is i think 37 dollars. and where is it now and, and obviously i've bought it multiple times it's 395 i mean so it was the call but have we even like you know, if you would have bought the queues back, you know, well before that, it was $120 back in 2000 at the top. And obviously, we're significantly higher than that now. But there is going to be losers here too. So some of these stocks are not going to come back as well. And, you know, can you guess which ones? You can see certain ones. Like, obviously, this is all, it comes down to stock picking too. But, you know, let's go to Peloton because obviously we've talked about it for a long time. Great piece from Herb Greenberg last night um, or, or that he tweeted out last night. Uh, he works over there, Empire Financial Research, and he's it's the title of this article. I don't know if you can show it or not. The Ponzi yeah. market and the poster child of indefensible market positions. And he's talking to multiple money managers in this one. And he's actually talking about Peloton as well um, and talking about, and I can just read you uh, from this, uh, from, from his article there. Um, he was comparing, like Amazon is really the start of this. I mean, if you look at yeah. you know, when did we really start caring only about the top line? It was really Amazon. Amazon kind of changed the market's perspective. Where if you look at your, you know, you, you go back and you and and Mitch, you were saying this too. You read like your CFA textbooks or you read your financial textbooks. They're talking about you know analyzing profits, cash flow, you know, looking at the bottom line, lots of metrics, looking at the bottom line, price to earnings ratios, looking at those bottom lines. The market hasn't cared about that stuff for the better part of a decade. Why? Amazon kind of changed the market's perspective over the course of the last 10 to 15 years, where we don't care about growing, you know, the bottom line. We don't care about profits. We care about growing the top line at all costs. And Amazon did it in a great way because they always could have flipped the script and they were growing it so much and taking over business. And, you know, that obviously, you know, they could flip it and then start producing profits at any given time. Remember, Michael Packer was on this show when Amazon was back at like $800 saying, you know, this company can make $20, $30, $40 a share right now if they wanted to, but they don't um, because they're, you know, more concerned Look about growing the, the top future. line. Yep. Yeah, they were, they were more concerned about growing the top line. The point to Herb's article, which is a great point, is that a lot of these companies 
you know, are not the next Amazon. So companies that are simply burning cash to grow the top line, in a lot of cases, they're going to not disrupt as well as they think they might disrupt. And there may be cases where they're just simply burning cash. So uh, one of the current favorite examples, this is from the piece, um, uh, Cooperman was saying uh, about Peloton. And it was saying, you know, in, in his view, it hit peak saturation and burned through a boatload of cash getting there. They have zero pass to profits, but continue to incinerate capital, grow profitless revenue, and sell a story to Wall Street so that they can continue to raise capital and set it on fire. I mean, this is this is a hard piece. It's very interesting to read, you know, because he's talking to multiple money managers. He's got luck and coffee. We know that story. But, you know, the market has cared so much about a sexy story that has forgotten really what has driven wealth over the course of the last 100 years. And that's really profits. So... And my question to you is, does this market eventually start to care about the bottom line as much as it cares about the top line? Because right now it only cares about the top line. But if the market starts to go into a tailspin, which we're seeing in some of these high growth names, are we starting to enter that market environment where the bottom line might start to matter? Yes, yes. It Like, you know. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's, well, it's yes well, or no. Well, law of averages, like eventually, yeah. Eventually, there's going to be more than a one-month rotation to value, right? We've had value pop up for like a month here or a month there, and that's really it over the, over the last 15 – It's or, so true. 14 years, right? Yeah. Um, so eventually, yeah, value will stay in favor for more than a month at a time. Um, you, you're right. I think Amazon kind of broke the way – it broke the market's brain a little bit because, uh, 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 yeah, there could there could conceivably come a time when like earnings earnings per share is more important than revenue. Um, and what would that mean? It, it, it would mean that value stocks would be in favor over growth. Um, but I, I don't. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not. I'm Wait, really, what are computers going to start caring about it? Well, that, that's, that's the big thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Algorithmic driven trading. That's, that's it. That's, we, when do the quants? Oh, done. That's it. That's it. That's it. Though. When do the, the quants algo. change their quantitative, you know, to start looking at the bottom line again? I mean, this market. <laughs> okay. So, and we're hypothetically saying, when does this happen? This started two months ago. So we have moved. Growth has been massively out of favor for the better part, definitely November and actually part of October as well. But value stocks have been going up. I mean, you bring up your General Motors at $63. You can bring up your Bank of America. It's sitting right near highs. I mean, stocks with low PEs right now have been in favor for the better part of the last month. And stocks with high PEs have been out of favor. So we've seen this trend starting to happen over the course of the last month or two. And that's why, you know, if you're coming in here and selling all your high growth names now, we just got hammered. I mean, you need a bounce. But I think on these bounces, like we saw on the Peloton, the bounce from 45 to 54, it was a good selling opportunity. So I think you've got to look and, you know, at a certain point in time and say, okay, we need a bounce, maybe a sell-off in the value names, a bounce in the growth names to get ourselves positioned if this trend continues. Because if inflation continues, and this is the real driver behind it all, and we've come full circle here now, the real driver to this change in market sentiment in the last couple of months is inflation. Because again, if you are in high growth names, those future dollars are worth a hell of a lot less in an inflationary environment. An inflationary environment, you want money now because then I can use that money now to buy goods now because the price of those goods will be more tomorrow. 
So that's why this change in mindset is actually being driven by inflation. It's also why the, the market hasn't cared that much about the bottom line, cared about growth for so long over the last 15 or 20 years because we haven't had any inflation at all. But if we start to enter an inflationary period that is, is sticky as opposed to transitory, you will see value stocks continue to outperform growth stocks. So, the, so the, it's the chart, right back to the question the, about inflation. The chart on the screen, the IVW, is sure. your, is your growth your S and P growth fund your IVE? So purple is growth. The candles are value. Okay, that's all you need okay. to know. Purple growth candles value. Uh, this is going back, uh, you know, a couple week, couple months. Now we're going back a couple weeks, right? Um, growth is still outperforming. Something's wrong there. That's something wrong because there's no way you've got these growth names. What's in the IVW? Look under the hood well, there. Because I didn't go that. Deep. I'm going to tell you. There, if you're saying growth <laughs> is kicking ass and taking names here right now. They, I bet you your growth is all Apple, Microsoft. I bet you that's what's yeah, in that's what's got and yeah. that's not Probably. growth. That's value tech. So they've got it classified wrong. Get not that joking. out of here. Not joking. Yeah, that one. There's yeah. no way. There is no way because you've got you know anything. Right. Okay, high okay. Has been you got me there. The you got me. There. I bet you that IBW is full of Apple, Microsoft. Okay. Okay. Apple okay. is a lower PE. <laughs> Tech name. It's you, 28. Yeah, you can say that's, but if compared to other tech names, it's a lower PE tech. You name. win that round. You win that round. I, I, so I, 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 I'm, take, I'm taking that and saying that's what's probably. Okay, in okay. But, but, here, but here's what I'll say. Uh, there are also people out there that think, oh, interest rates, man, if they raise that, we're in trouble, right? And you can't have it both ways. You can't complain about uh, inflation and all the damage that's doing and also complain about the, the, the main tool we have to combat inflation which is raising interest rates. The only tool. It's, the, okay, it's, fine. it's, it's one so of the only tools. You can't tools, have so it yeah. both ways. You can't complain about inflation and complain about raising interest rates. It's one or the other. Okay? Dennis seems to be more in the camp of, yes, raise interest rates. They're, they're not going to, though. They're not going to raise them enough to make a dent. So this is the environment that we're in. Peter Schiff, I, again, we've had this conversation, yeah, but you know, Peter it's a fun conversation. Yeah. He's been wrong about this for 14 years. You know, he wrote the crash proof book and saying eventually comes to roost all this printing of the money. I will tell you right now, Peter Schiff, besides his gold position, because he's obviously been very bullish gold, which has not participated. Um, Peter Schiff is absolutely right right now because though it is coming to roost. You've got the printing of the money, the printing press has caused you know inflation to the tune that we, we haven't seen in 35 years. And, you know, you look at the markets, obviously selling high growth. You can see that, you know, what is winning right now, commodities, the inflation trade is fully on. The question is, you know, does it continue or do we just go back to the way it was before? I don't know because I because you can't attack the inflation problem because they can't raise rates. They can't raise rates for, you know, they can raise them a quarter. They can raise them a half. We can't go to 6 7 8% because nobody can service the debt then. Yeah, you will debt. put yourself not in just to a recession, into a depression because everybody is built on debt here now and the Fed knows it. So we're going to attack the inflation problem by jacking rates a quarter of a percent, maybe half a percent, and hope that that does it in the back half of 2022. If that doesn't, they're out of bullets because they cannot raise rates to 7 8 10% to really combat inflation because everybody loses their homes businesses would go under it would be a complete mess the whole world is now built on debt 
It's been building on debt for the last 35, 40 years. It's how we continue to grow the economy without population growth, because really what has grown the economy up to like 1980, 1990 was population growth. Population growth slowed. How do we get to continue to grow the economy by making those, if we have the same amount of people, how do you grow the economy? They have to consume more. How do they consume more? Give them more money to consume more. So that's why you've seen the debt explosion, because the same people who used to have to put 30% down to buy a house can put zero down on a house now. So that's, Spencer, you, know, you look like happened. you're ready to explode there. Oh, someone's got to be the bullish counterpart. Dear Lord. Do it. Okay. Please tell me how to get out. How, tell me how to combat inflation without putting ourselves into think a serious all, recession or even a depression. all the insane stuff that you have lived through, Dennis. You have lived through the greatest economic recession since the great depression you lived through uh 9-11 you lived through a pandemic the first one of this size in a in hundred years and where did all of that get you to a stock market at all-time highs and you know what Think i'm gonna all- say here right now i'm not saying that the market is doomed and we're crashing i'm saying i want to own value over growth i'm saying now is the time that's going to be the value names that continue to outperform in an inflationary environment. I'm making a bet that inflation is here to stay for the foreseeable future and that growth will underperform because of that and value will outperform. So I'm saying, you know, it's not too or it's not too late to start positioning yourself in different stocks and, you know, not betting that, not shorting. Well, it's certainly and, and, not too late. I'm going to argue it's maybe too early. That's what you're not saying, Dennis. Of course, it's not too late. We've barely started. It's too early. I don't know. I think it's a little bit too late. I mean, I would have loved to sell high growth names back in February. No, no. I would argue if anything, anything, it's too early. All right. But hey, uh, you know. I I mean, Peloton, Zoom, 50 times sales on Zoom. It's, I don't don't think you're too early if you were selling Zoom. I think you're okay. way too late. Uh, you, but, know, you know, and, and maybe I'm just trying to make everyone happy here, but the bottom line is you probably shouldn't have 100% growth or 100% value. There you go. You probably shouldn't. You probably, there you go. You're mixed, right. Yeah, yeah, Diversify. Yeah. And yeah. it's a great point. Yeah, okay. Because nobody really knows. Even yeah. though I'm pre- trying to predict that inflation is sticky here, I might be wrong. And maybe it is transitory. And maybe Kathy's going to be right. We're going to go to a deflationary environment. So maybe you need, but maybe you need to have a little bit of both just in case. And, you know, I'm not completely out of all my high growth names either. So there's lots of I've never paid 50 times sales for a stock. So I would have never owned Zoom. But there, right. there's some stocks in my portfolio. You know, Fisker doesn't even have sales. Okay. Bitcoin doesn't have anything. And, I mean, and, so I have you know, that, too. I just want to say people who are think like hyperinflation is coming. Do you even really know like what that what that means? We don't need hyperinflation, though. All you need no, no, for but value people, to outperform people... is... There are people that are comparing us to like Weimar Germany. Do you even know like what that means? That means a cup of coffee is a thousand dollars. That means yeah, war. That's not happening. That means war. That means the end of like the dollar. That's what that means. Okay. So anyway, if you say the word hyperinflation, I just throw whatever you have to say in the trash because why? You don't even know what that. That's the end of like everything for us. Why would you want that? He's what, not oh, saying he wants it. He is there's no hyperinflation coming. That's an extreme example. It's not Turkey. We're not in Turkey here. Uh, We're not in some because I want to bring in our guest and ask her about that. Yeah, so let's do that. Yeah, uh, we we don't talk enough forex on this show. Speaking of all this macro 
and, and I promise we'll, we will get to stocks at some point today. Or actually, maybe we won't. Who knows? Um, but uh, turkeys is is fighting this same battle right now, but they're doing it in the opposite way. They've got inflation. They got more inflation than we do, a lot more, and they're fighting it by lowering interest rates, which is not really that's not the conventional thinking. The lira. Uh, has uh, fallen off a cliff here in the past couple of days. Uh, and I want to ask our next guest about all this right now, Rocky Horner. She is a managing director for Forex at Simpler Trading, uh, longtime friend of the show. It's been a while since we've had her on. So let's bring on her right now. Rocky, good morning. Good morning. How are you all doing? We are fired up about inflation today, apparently. I, I love it. I love it. You're bringing the heat. I didn't I like know that it. was going to happen when I woke up, but here we are. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So uh, can you uh, tell us a little bit, uh, are you following what's happening in Turkey and what's happening with, with the Lira? Because it's, it's sort of, the, it seems like there's some volatility, more than usual volatility in, in Forex land these days. And a lot of that is driven by Turkey. My answer to everything today will be long U.S. dollars, hey. which, which you can do with an ETF. So there's your stock conversation. Yeah. Long UUP, long DX futures. That will be my answer to everything. But I, I've been following Turkey in only so much as... I find it historically, uh, so this, this this historical side of trading where we know we're witnessing amazing things, but it's so separate sometimes from what I'm actually going to trade. So there's the fan of the markets, you know, that exists in our head, and then there's a the person who has to pay the light bill, and so the person who pays the light bill could care less. But historically, I mean, we're you know witnessing amazing things. So can you just walk us through the the forex world right now in terms of like where is the dollar? Talk about the euro. Talk about Asia. Just sort of give us the, the high level because we don't talk a lot of Forex on the show. I don't know how, how much our, our listeners or viewers know about what's going on. All right. So so we'll definitely get to the high level. But for those yeah. of you out there, and I love what you all do. We, we talk the markets. We talk about some of the basics so people can understand and, and elevate the, the debate and the discussion. Love that. So the basics are this. If there's a currency out there, for those of you that are unfamiliar with foreign exchange, unfamiliar with trading money for money, really, that's what it is. 
the, the core of everything in Forex is which currency is strong and which currency is weak. And how can you pit them against one another to establish the most unfair fight so you get a good trend out of it. So if we're looking for the driver right now for most of what's moving, uh, the foreign exchange, it's it's been pretty much long dollar. And so if I want to get long dollars, one of the easiest ways to do that is to buy the dollar and short the euro. And I know for a lot of traders out there and investors, your brains fizzle. What do you mean long this and short that? The foreign exchange makes it really easy. If I get short the euro US, I've sold euro, I've bought dollars. And why would I want to do that right now? Well, if you take a look at correlations in the foreign exchange, actually in any market, correlations between the euro and the US dollar are unbelievably 99, 98% negative or inverse correlations. If the dollar zigs, the euro zags, right? So one of the easiest ways to engage and one of the most direct ways to engage in the dollar, aside from the dollar index basket, which we'll get to in a moment, uh, is to just short euro uh, against the dollar. Now, remember, if you're playing UUP, which I remember you guys say, we'll get to stocks eventually. We can, uh, we can use an ETF yeah. uh, to play the dollar. It's the UUP ETF. And so the thing to remember about uh, the dollar basket, UUP DX futures, is it's 58% euro and then fairy dusting of British pound, Japanese yen, Canadian dollar, Swedish krona. And, and that really doesn't give us a direct play on the dollar. It gives us a diluted play on the euro. So, you know, right now, I think the best way to play, we're talking about inflation, stay long dollars. And, and I know it's so meme-like to say it, Buy the stinking dips. <laughs> That's what I've been doing for, for a couple months now. It, it makes sense, though. I mean, we have been devaluing our currency for so long through the printing press here. If that printing press is going to slow down, um, you know, and you think about how well the dollar has really held up, considering, you know, we've had the printing press going forever. If that printing press is going to slow down and they're actually going to consider to raise rates in 2022, that's the recipe for a successful dollar. So maybe you're right here. Maybe the play is just own U.S. dollars. Own U.S. dollars and then short anything against the dollar. So there's so many ways we can play it. I wouldn't play short dollars against the Canadian dollar as long as crude oil has been pretty strong. But there's so many places to your point. How do you want to short dollars? That's the question. And, and just get to building that position. And that's where I think it's not just a conversation for the end of November or going into December, but this is something I think we'll be able to benefit uh, from for at least the first half of 2022. So, so I'm pretty what, stoked about it. What, what point of view does the long dollar really mean? Does that really just mean that for all the stuff going on in the U.S. and all the problems we've got, it's really still the best, the, the, the only best party in town? Well, if you take a look at all the central banks, they're give or take doing the same thing. They're all printing. Yeah. They're all looking at unbelievably low rates. So there have been a couple central banks that have slowly inched to a more, I don't even call it a hawkish, because that's not really where we are yet, but kind of inching to those higher interest rates, a tightening cycle. Uh, so ultimately, what I say when it comes to why is a dollar working, and I don't want to minimize it to just saying, well, it's in an uptrend but it's in an uptrend. And so I don't want to get in the way of all the different ideas that are contributing to the overall movement higher. But to your point, when we shut the printing press off, or at least we slow it down, which is all we're doing, it's gone from a high to a slight burn, right? But it's going to be bullish dollars as we print less because we don't, we're not purchasing as much in terms of the monthly, you know, was it 15, 15 billion every other, every meeting we're going to start reducing. So it, it just, 
plays out really well with the macro to your point. It plays out really well with the technicals. And I love when those two dovetail. So I've got an Audrey, idea. Are you, are you worried about like a, a, a really strong U.S. dollar, you know, eventually having a negative impact on our economy? I mean, it, it you know, makes things so much more expensive for uh, people to purchase goods overseas. I mean, is there a point where, you know, a too strong a dollar is a bad thing? Right. At what at what point do we, we lose a competitive advantage with where the dollar was? I don't know that we had that much of a competitive advantage because remember, while the dollar was weak, so was everything else. So I don't know that we're not for a for a small period of time, yes, we'll see the dollar accelerate against everything else. I don't think that window is going to be that long, but every other central bank is one going to keep their rates lower than the U.S. central bank because it gives them that competitive edge. Economically, right, if we're talking about the economy and we're not talking our, our trading book or our trading watch list, of course, you know, no doubt. At some point, do we see uh, corporate earnings and in, in, in specific niches early on? You all were talking about who's going to benefit growth versus value. I think that's the decision that's going to have to be made. Are there opportunities in this market where a strong dollar could benefit? Absolutely. Aside from being long dollar, short euro. Absolutely. But I think what I'm trying to do now is separate from what does this mean to the economy as opposed to where does this filter down to my watch list? Where does this filter down to my trades? Where does this filter down to my portfolio? So you're right. I'm just trying not to think about what there's a lot of hardship out there. I mean, there's a lot of hardship in terms of what we're hearing the strong dollar and inflation is doing. But I mean, I think we're seeing a little bit of wage inflation. That's not a bad type of inflation. But the trader in me just says, trade what you see, stick with that long dollar play. And then eventually I'll start looking at companies that will do worse with a strong dollar and companies that will do better. with. The so, you know, we talk all the time about uh, how do I hedge? Do we gold? Is gold a hedge? Is Bitcoin a hedge? It sounds like you're saying long dollar. There's your hedge. I, I'll tell you what, if someone wants to look at it as a hedge, I think hedges for me, uh, the only place it's hedges exist in my life is out of my lawn. So for me, I want to <laughs> follow a trend. And I think that the best hedges are the kinds that actually make sense as an underlying trade. Right. So yeah. I think there's a great underlying trade in the long dollar positions. It's, it makes sense on a series of macro pillars. It makes sense on a series of technical analysis. It just, again, dovetails so nicely. But I won't hedge. I, I do not hedge. To me, a hedge is, well, more cash. A hedge is, where's my stop loss? Uh, so I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to talk about That's hedging. Fair. I just That's don't fair. do it. All right, but do the hedges on, on your lawn look nice, though? They, they are. They're manicured very nicely, and I can't complain about that. It's Florida winter, so everything's blooming right now. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Roggy Horner is the Managing Director for Futures at Simpler Trading. Her website is also in the description, countdowntrader.com. Can I ask her one more question? Please do, yes. What what could upset the apple cart with the, with the strong dollar? I mean, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of different things going on with China, um, overseas. I mean, is there, I mean, what's going on over there is just, it's just mind boggling. And we know that they're, you know, they're, their long-term plans are long-term. I mean, is this, is this strengthening dollar? Is that kind of playing into their, their long-term scenario? Obviously they hold a lot of our U S debt, but, uh, just what do you think the potential impact is, uh, from China? So we're talking a very long duration now when we start flirting with probably the, the punchline of any 
dollar conversation is when does it lose its reserved currency status? Uh-huh. So here's the thing with as far as that conversation goes. Dollar or any currency trading is playing king of the hill as we're kids. Somebody has to be at the top of the hill. And for that somebody to be at the top of the hill, they have to knock the person that was up there off. So the question really becomes, at what point does another currency get the trust and the liquidity and the transparency to become the reserve currency? And right now, there's nothing that has all three of those criteria. So yes, I think if we start thinking decades and generationally, will there be a time the US dollar loses its reserve status? I'll say this, not in our lifetime. I know there's a conversation about Bitcoin. I know there's a conversation about China. But I think in the 20 years that I've been trading Forex, there's always been conversation about the euro. Then there was something called the Amerigo and all these different things that could knock the dollar off the top. I'm not saying it'll never happen. I just don't think it's as simple as the dollar becoming less desirable. Something else has to be more. Do you trade Bitcoin? Are you involved in the Bitcoin market? This is where I'm so grateful for foreign exchange because my cousins in in India called me and said, auntie, are you into this Bitcoin? And I said, I've heard of it. But because I was already thinking currency-wise to me, this was just digital Forex. So in 2016, they were confiscating rupee in India. And my cousin said, look, we're going to put money in Bitcoin. So, well, how much is it? He said, it's about 435. It might've been between four and $600. At the time, I said, you know, take a small amount of your money. Yeah, do this. It makes sense. It's digital Forex to me. Dollar versus Bitcoin, it was something interesting. There are far worse currencies that are traded that have less perceived value than the Bitcoin. So to me, this was almost like an exotic, an exotic pair in the foreign exchange. So I'm a hodler. I don't trade oh, it a nice. lot, nice. but I hodl, and I've been in since 2016. Nice. I Bitcoin. It's just dumb luck, right? Some of Sometimes us traders have to say, I was just dumb enough to to understand risk versus reward, and I and I bought you know about fifteen thousand dollars back then, Ooh. and then just that's it. I mean, to me, I was thinking at fifteen thousand is going up in smoke. <laughs> Who knew? But I really believe this. I'm just going to hold it till they're done mining. I may not be alive at that point, but my well, idea was let me see what happens, and don't have this short term gain mentality. Don't be a trader. Diamond hands. Yeah. Diamond hands. All right. Roggy, we love you. You're gonna have to get you back on again soon. Well, Roggy, you just endeared yourself to our chat right there with that with that comment. So <laughs> there there's a real narrative for it. I know there's a lot of naysayers, but look, some people thought we you guys were talking about Peloton earlier. Some people thought Peloton was a you know bike with an iPad, but it was the right bike with an iPad at the right time. So sometimes I think some asset classes are just coming out at the right time. And I think that's yeah. where we are with crypto. Boom. Roggy Horner, Managing Director of Futures at Simple Trading Outcome, uh, sorry, CountdownTrader.com. Roggy, uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll, we'll have you back on again soon. Thanks so much. All right. You guys have a great one. Yeah. Oh, man. Holdler. I wouldn't have expected that. No, I don't know what to expect anymore, Dennis. <laughs> okay, uh, we should probably cover a stock today. Can we go back up on the charts, please? We, can we do one stock? We're gonna do a stock yeah, today. This is a stock show. Let's go. We're gonna get some comments on YouTube, like oh, these guys are never talking about stocks. Let's, We're trying to educate you, man. Let's back it up and talk about retailers if we can, uh, Mitch. Uh, we should talk Nordstrom and the Gap this morning. Nordstrom came out, and this is a tool I, I want to show you here. You know what? I, I, I'll read you the numbers first, and then I'll tell you how. Oh, I do. I'll tell you how I knew they were bad. Uh, aside from the fact that they were down year over year, All right? So the earnings per share was thirty nine cents. Um, the sales missed estimates uh, came in a little bit light. The sales came in three point five three versus three point five four. 
billion dollars. But here's what I want to point your attention to, and I'll, I'll have to, uh, yeah, show my screen here. Okay, so this is Benzinger Pro. This is an earnings calendar, um, and I just searched for Nordstrom, and this is every single earnings report that Nordstrom has done going back to the last like decade or whatever. And all I did was I looked at revenue, <laughs> cough, cough, top line, revenue, and I looked at, okay, Q3 of their last report just now from this morning, $3.63 billion. And I went pre-COVID, two years. So I skipped last year because not relevant, right? Two years ago, Q3, 20, oh, $3.67 billion. Lower revenue now than they had in their last Q3 before COVID. That's not good, Bob. Can you do Dellert's comparatively? Yeah. Because, I mean, Dillard's goes up, like, 10% every day. They should sponsor um, this show. Okay. Re- revenue, Q3. We're tanking. Uh, Do you guys any got what's going on here? Dennis, well, we have the job, jobless yeah, claims. There's mad data. The revised the jobless, GDP, claims. jobless claims. Uh, there's a lot of data out today. All right. Q3, Dillard's, $1.51 billion. Q3, 2019, $1.42 They've billion. done nothing either. No, they've gone up, Dennis. <laughs> slight, very slight. What about Coles? So this up is a fun exercise. Down. I love the Benzinga Pro. Look up at the is, fun things you can do with the Pro. Up is not down. Up is up. They're oh. all that have gone anywhere. Well, why is Dillard's up like a thousand, two thousand percent? The buybacks. Coles, uh, Q3 2021, four point two seven billion. Q3 2019, 4.4. Down from 2019. But if you look at the comparison of where the stocks are from those times, I mean, okay, well, let's let, let's just see. So revenue has been the same. Kohl's has gone nowhere. Nordstrom's gone down. And Dillard's has exploded to the tune of ever exploding like the Dillard's. is just unbelievable. So they all did the same thing, yet they rewarded Dillard's to the tune of, you know, being up three, four hundred percent. Buybacks. My buddy Mike's preaching it out there. This is the buyback story. You said it too. This, this what is it, the buyback that's story. literally what it is. The Buybacks work. All right, but can we go back to Nordstrom? Because that's the one that yeah. had earnings this morning. Wow. What a, what a schlacking here. I, 23 bucks looks like someone has a little interest in 23. That's the only thing I can give you on this. 23, the monthlies don't give you anything. You're back to... You're back to this bar here. So if you want to, better eleven ninety six was wow. This got down to eleven ninety six in no, November of last year. Holy mackerel! I better go buy some more shoes there or something. But uh, keep eye twenty three number of the day. If it breaks below there, there to buy. yeah. Knicks Holy and God. Best Buy. I like both of those better. Obviously, they went down significantly after I talked about them on the pre-market show, and then they came all the way back. So right back to where I talked about them. But if you were buying the dip around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, holy cow, you're rewarded. Best Buy opened right at the low. Never breached the low, 115, straight up from the low. Um, yep. Dick Sporting Goods opened and tanked. And I mean, they tanked it. That and then they bought it all the way back up. So I have the shakeout in that thing. Somebody was asking me, how do you hold through these shakeouts? And my answer on some of these, I have no idea, man. <laughs> some of these shakeouts are vicious. Like Dick's, you know, you think, oh, I was a pretty good quarter. Kramer, exactly what we said. He would say it. He said it. That was a pretty good quarter. You know, he had multiple people saying, that was a pretty good quarter. They still hammered the stock all morning, but then they decide, oh, that was a pretty good quarter. And in the afternoon, they buy it back up 10 bucks. So this market is finicky. This market is tough to figure sometimes. But 
I like Dick's and Best Buy on pullbacks. I don't like Nordstrom on a pullback for the simple reason stocks, but in a downtrend, it's been the underperformer of the group. I do like retail stocks on this pullback because I think one is these are cash now companies. These are value stocks. Two is we are going into seasonality for retailers where they typically do well going into the holiday season. We'll obviously see you know, what happens with Black Friday. We know this is a typical retailer week as well because we have Black Friday coming out. Um, after that, though, you know, maybe you want to wait till you, know, you see how these Black Friday sales go. But I'm actually a buyer of pullbacks on some of the retailers. I think I would be. I don't. I haven't been doing any of the buying yet, but I, I, I think I might actually get down dirty and best buy here eventually. Wow. All right. We went full circle on Dennis liking retail. Uh, okay. Yeah. The gap. I like a- it because I'm getting a pullback and some yeah. not not Nordstrom. I would stay away from the ones that have been historically All weak. Right. Gap as well. You mentioned Gap. Oh, Mall retailer. I don't know. Um, all right. I, I like the best buy in the dicks. I they cannot, got hammered yesterday, I, I so I think wait. there's an opportunity there. I cannot wait for Monday's show when I can tell you guys all about my channel checks and my, my on-the-ground research for all these mall-based retailers and how crowded they were on Black Friday. I'm very excited for that. Uh, we also had John Deere report earnings this morning. Um, the earnings were fine, but the backward-looking numbers, EPS beat, sales beat. Uh, net income uh, guidance for the year was 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 in line, so it, it was it was a good quarter uh, for Deer, and obviously they're past the strike, so you know market likes that. Um, People are buying I mean, this stuff guy. too. Like I mean, big equipment. <laughs> if you're if you're really worried about inflation, though, think about this: if you're a farmer yeah. and you're worried about inflation, you were thinking about buying a tractor. You're going to be more inclined to buy that tractor now than wait. For the simple reason is that you can see what's happening with prices and prices are going up on everything. So if you've got a big ticket purchase and you're scared that that big ticket purchase is going to go up in price, you're probably going to do it now. So obviously we have a chip issue with the autos that would be happening with the automotives. Their sales have obviously not been as good because we got the chip issue. They simply can't meet the demand. They've got the supply or they don't have the supply, but they can, they they can't meet the demand because of the chip issue. But I don't know. Caterpillar, deer. I'm just trying to think. You know, I, I, this is the first time this thoughts pro- popped in my head. But like, is a caterpillar and deer? Do they benefit from you know pulling sales forward because we're in an inflationary environment? Maybe, maybe they do benefit to a certain extent. At a certain point, if the com- economy goes into a recession, they don't. But right now, you've got you know a lot of people thinking, hey, I need you know I'm getting the last couple years of my tractor. I'm getting the last couple years of my you know whatever machine, big machinery you've got. Might be a time to go out there before they jack up prices. So you could be seeing some uh, sales pull forward here on some of the big guns. It's not. It, uh, we yeah. got some breaking Nike well, news. It, here. It, it breaking from an hour or so ago. Oh really? Great point by Jazz. What's their story? Yeah, I, I forgot to bring it up. I, I, I wrote it down, but supply uh, chain. Yeah, they, they sent an order to uh, at least one store saying like we're canceling your orders because we we can't fulfill it because our supply chain is all kinds of messed Ooh. up. So so they, they canceled. Uh, orders for this store through the summer through next summer is um, it a big store it, i we don't know um all we know all we have is a screenshot from an email that nike allegedly sent so you even know if it's true that it's not fake. sounds like we don't know if it's true well yeah. the, mar- the market seems to believe it so <laughs> it sounds plausible doesn't it in any uh, regard here, Nike getting hit, hit here. Man. Yeah. I mean, supply chain issues. This is a major issue for a lot of companies. So 
Um, we should almost do a show or figure it out which companies actually like. I don't know if anybody benefits from the supply chain. If you could find those companies, yeah, I guess no, no, well. no, someone does. Chris has got it. Who? Roblox. There ain't no supply chain problems in the in the metaverse. <laughs> Tech them your technology companies. There ain't no supply chain problems in the metaverse. Roblox. You. That's that was a blow off top, guys. That was a blow off top. It's gonna have trouble. It's gonna have to consolidate. I I would not buy the dip on Roblox until I see some consolidation here, where we've got a level to lean on. And Boy, it gave this you is that just red kind candle, of stock huh? where it's, yeah. it's it's you know the multiples are extreme and obviously you know not a bottom line stock whatsoever. It's the kind of stock I don't think I want to own in this environment at least right now. But there'll be a time where Roblox story. It's not. It's it, this story is not ice cold like a Zoom. The story is just cooled off. So there is the potential. The metaverse is there. There is the potential for this to stabilize and go higher. I, I'm going to wait for the dust to settle on Roblox, though. All right. Um, seeing as how this uh, is obviously our last show before Thanksgiving, uh, Joel, do you want to end the show with the dad joke of the day or the last? Well, I don't know. Mitch and I are, are still in it. Mitchy, Mitch, are you I around? I, 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 still... I, I said before Thanksgiving. Oh, before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, dads love telling you what songs were popular when they were in high school. Heck yeah, I do that too. Uh, dads love saying, I'm stuffed now. I know how the turkey felt after eating Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. That's not a good one. No, Let me find no. a good one. Uh, oh, dads love saying, We'll see when they mean no. Yeah, sure they do. Yeah, maybe, sure, maybe. Sure. But, uh, I say that to my kids all the time. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to hop off. I got uh, Seth Basham from uh, Wedbush coming on to talk oh, nice. retail at uh, at nine here. So I'm going to hop off. Uh, Spencer, safe travels tomorrow. Uh, well, I'll, your... I'll see you later for at the close. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Triple so have D. we decided there's no show Friday? Uh, well, there will be a show Friday in some form, but Dennis will not be home or as computer i will not be home or at my computer uh i can i can maybe call in uh but it sounds like mitch and joel are gonna do a show on friday Dennis, if you guys want to the... call me on phone a friend if you want to call me, me phone a friend yeah, hey i'll join on friday i don't i got nothing going on Dennis, i won't how's be natalie out of computer feeling? but you can call my cell on phone a friend if um, my cell will work how's natalie feeling are you, are you coming into windsor yeah i'll be coming down to windsor she, okay she, i'm gonna come good. and meet you for lunch but could you okay. do me a favor Uh-oh. oh boy wash yes. your shirt or wear a different shirt. They don't okay. like this shirt? Look at this one. I'm wondering if Disney's going to sue Wait. me for My wife got me that. The Dadalorian. I like the Mandalorian. Wait, can I say something? I, I just, Joel saying that, I remember this. I had a dream last night about Dennis's shirts. I, I, I swear. <laughs> I swear I did. Dennis, in my dream, Dennis, there was like a song about Dennis never changing his shirts. <laughs> I just remember right, that. I have to tune into that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. right. Take water, wear your shirt twice, t- t- tw- two days in a row. All right, Joel. See I'm, you I'm a green person. Dennis, happy Thanksgiving um, to you. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And uh, I'll talk to you later, everyone. Uh, we're going to wrap the show up here, but we're going next to live trading with Benzinga starting at 9.05, as we've been doing every day here. So stay tuned for that. I'll see you guys over there. Uh, in the meantime, thank you to uh, our guest today, Rocky Horner. Thanks to all of you in our chat. As always, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or training advice. Also, I didn't mention it today, but in the description of this video is the link to the last 
pre-market prep special of the year. Order execution, order flow, and tape reading December 11th. It's a Saturday morning. Uh, check it out. The link is in the description. Link is also pinned to the top of our chat. All right. I'm going to hop off, end the stream, and I'll redirect over to our next show. I'll see you guys over there. Let's get going. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.